Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you here today. Appreciate you coming out. Hey, I want to thank those of you who've been sending me armadillo recipes. I have really been enjoying the armadillo stew, the armadillo pie, uh, candied armadillo, and my favorite has been the armadillo crisp. And uh, so thank you for that. Uh, today we're finishing up our series uh, on freedom from your fears. Uh, Ryland was telling me this past week that he had two conversations uh, after church recently. Uh, One conversation was with a young lady who has finished high school and is headed off to college. And uh, she was sharing with Ryland her fears about going to college. And then right after that, he had a conversation with a uh, man who was facing retirement. And he was telling Ryland the fears that he had as he's facing retirement. And what struck Ryland was that two different life stages, two different circumstances, same fears. Same fears. A fear of change, fear of the unknown, fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of loneliness. God doesn't want you to be afraid. Uh, Do not fear. And so today I get to talk to you about the fear of aging. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So uh, here's the deal. We are all aging. We're all aging. We are either growing up or we are growing old. And when we're growing up, aging holds a significant amount of anticipation. What am I going to be when I grow up? When we're growing old, aging holds a significant amount of apprehension. What is going to become of me as I grow old? And so the anticipation of growing up versus the apprehension of growing old. It's fascinating to me how we talk about age. If you ask a mother, how old is your baby? Eight weeks. You ask a little kid, how old are you? Three and a half. And the half matters. You ask a teenager, how old are you? I'm 16 going on 17. Okay, we're always looking for that next landmark. And then you say, how old are you? 20-something, okay? We don't even bother doing the math anymore, okay? And then, how old are you? Well, I'm in my 50s, so now we're counting by decades. How old are you? I can retire in two years, eight months, and 14 days, okay? So now we're down to counting the days. How old are you? 91 and a half in September, okay? Now the half matters and we're counting ahead. So I recognize that when you talk about aging, you're kind of stepping out on thin ice. Uh, People can get sensitive about their age. They can get a little funny about their age. I once referred to myself as old and a lady rebuked me. She said, Pastor, you're not old, you're middle-aged. So I'll be 68 in two weeks and two days. (laughs) How many people do you know that live to be 136? Okay, name one. 
But fortunately, the Bible has uh, some information for us on aging, and it comes to us from King Solomon. Uh, he's the wisest, wealthiest man who ever lived. King Solomon ruled and reigned over the nation of Israel from 970 to 930 B.C. And under Solomon's leadership, Israel grew to its greatest level of power and influence. And Solomon was a great architect. Uh, he built a series of fortresses, palaces, aqueducts throughout Israel. He also built the magnificent temple uh, for the Lord in Jerusalem. He wrote three books of the Old Testament. He wrote Proverbs, which is a collection of wise sayings, most of them his. Uh, he wrote the Song of Solomon, which is a poetic uh, love letter. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes is a fascinating account of Solomon's search for the meaning of life. And Solomon's search for meaning was exhaustive. Uh, he tried to, find, tried to find satisfaction in nature or natural science. And people think today, if we could just get in tune with nature, we could solve all our problems. But uh, Solomon didn't find the meaning of life in nature, and neither will we. Uh, he tried to find satisfaction in wisdom and philosophy, in learning, education. He tried to learn everything he could. And it still didn't provide the ultimate meaning for his life. He tried wealth and materialism. Solomon amassed a great fortune. He could buy and sell anything he wanted, except satisfaction and meaning in life. Uh, he tried pleasure. He pampered and pleased himself with wine, women, and song. He drank himself silly. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines, and still he found no satisfaction in pleasure, no meaning and purpose in his life. He even tried being morally upright and doing good. He, he set about to do all the good works for other people that he could possibly do, and he still came up empty and hollow in his life. And so for 11 chapters in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon tries to find uh, some meaning in life. But all his experiments and experiences, he says, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And so Ecclesiastes is a pessimistic, almost depressing account of the vain, futile, meaningless things that Solomon tried in his pursuit. Uh, one of my seminary professors, Dr. Fred Young, translated the book of Ecclesiastes from the Hebrew into the English for the New International Version. And so when we read the NIV text today, we're reading Fred's translation. And Fred told me, he said, I was never so glad to be done with a project in all my life. Because the, Solomon's search for meaning was just so disturbing and so uh, depressing. Uh, but finally, finally, in chapter 12, Solomon comes to a remarkable conclusion. And Ecclesiastes 12 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because you come through this mass of pessimistic, depressive gunk, and then chapter 12 just bursts forth with life and light and meaning and purpose. And one of the gems in Ecclesiastes 12 is a remarkable poetic description of the aging process. And 35 years ago, when I was much younger and in seminary, I wrote a paper on this passage. And I remember wondering at the time, is this an accurate description of the aging process? 
You know, as a young, vibrant, virile, active young man at the top of his game, at least in my own mind, I wondered, does Solomon know what he's talking about when he talks about aging? And as someone now much older in life, I can tell you, Solomon nails it. He nails it. And so I want to encourage those of you who are younger, don't shut me out, don't stop listening, don't think, well, there's nothing here that applies to me, uh, because there is great stuff here for you. Uh, this chapter covers all the bases uh, for both young and old and those of you who are middle-aged in your 30s. <laughs> in fact, Solomon begins his discussion uh, of aging by addressing the young. He says this. He says, remember your creator. Say the next phrase with me. In the days of your youth. Yeah, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And to remember means to act decisively on behalf of someone. Solomon says to act decisively on behalf of God while you were young. Act decisively. To, to remember God is not purely a mental act. Remembering is not something that happens only in the mind. If your mom tells you to remember to take your shirts out of the dryer and hang them up so they won't wrinkle, if she opens the dryer later and finds a bunch of wrinkled shirts in there, it's not going to do you any good to say, I remembered them, I thought about them all afternoon. Okay? Uh, no, remembering only works if you actually stop what you're doing and take the shirts out of the dryer. Just thinking about doing it is not enough. And the same is true with remembering God in the days of your youth. It's not enough that you think about God. It's not simply a mental exercise. It's not really even a matter of faith. People say, oh, yes, I believe in God. No, it's saying, God, I commit myself to you. You created me. You know what's best for me. I am willing to adapt my life to your plan for me. Now here's the tension. The world, the flesh, and the devil will answer back, what's the rush? What's the rush? Why not do what you want for 30 or 40 years and then turn to God? You get the best of both worlds that way. Okay? Solomon doesn't waste any time answering that reasoning. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before before the days of trouble come. And not to guess, second guess Fred Young's translation here, but days of trouble can also be translated as days of adversity, days of difficulty, even evil days. Evil days. Life isn't all sunshine, lollipops, and roses. There are days of adversity, days of difficulty, even evil days. And any investment that we make in evil pays a dreadful dividend. There are scars and bad habits. Living apart from God affects us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. It brings a burden of heartache that we're forced to drag around day after day. It slows down our maturing process and it dulls our senses. And Solomon says emphatically, I tried all that. I tried all that, and it's empty, vain, and meaningless. And so Solomon gives us counsel before the fact. While we're young, he gives us a warning. 
And it's easy to think that we're going to be young forever. Our body tricks us into thinking that we'll always be young. Aging gracefully does not come naturally to us. We resist and we fight the aging process. Now there are some negative thoughts and emotions that we have to avoid as we age. And the first is denial. Denial. Something in us wants to deny the reality of aging. And we say things like, age is just a number. You ever heard that? Age is just a number. Well, so is your blood pressure, your blood sugar, your cholesterol, and your weight. Okay? They're all just numbers. But they are numbers that define and reflect a reality that I've got to come to grips with. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, he says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And folks, I tell you, I want to learn to live within my season. Okay? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12.3, he says, as God's messenger, I give each of you God's warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves. I want to live with an honest estimate of myself. You ever see someone try to live outside of the season that they're in? You know, little kids will put on their dad's boot and hats and try and walk around. And that's just really cute. It's cute. They're trying to live outside their season, but, but it's cute. But when you get to be old and you're trying to act younger than you are, it ain't cute. Okay? Honestly, it looks a little silly. Sometimes it's even sad. And so I want to know and recognize my limitations as well as my abilities. I want to live within my season and have an honest estimate of myself. I don't want to live in a fantasy of youth. That's important because a common feeling among the aged is the feeling of uselessness. Uh, The elderly often think, well, I'm in the way. I'm a bother. Uh, People who were once very resourceful people people whose opinions were once considered important, people who were looked upon for leadership and direction, now feel like they have nothing left to offer. Don't underestimate what you have to offer in every season of your life. You know, we tend to live life on a pendulum. We swing from one extreme to the other. Well, if I can't do what I used to do, I can't do anything. Okay, no. The fact that you can't do what you used to do doesn't mean that you can't do what you can do. And so focus on what you can do. Uh, It's a matter of pacing versus racing. Uh, You just have to pace yourself. And as we age, the pace of life changes. And we need to change with it. Uh, There can also be a feeling of guilt. Uh, A feeling of guilt that says, if only I could live my life over. I could have pursued a different line of work. I would have reared my children differently. I should have handled my money differently. I should have been more responsible. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, That kind of thinking locks us in the past. It hinders our present and it robs us of our future. If you've got regrets about the past, confess them. Confess them. Receive Christ's forgiveness for them. And then get on with living for today. Philippians 3.13, Paul says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Notice notice the intensity of the language here. Straining. This is hard work. 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I tell you, I've got a lot of decisions, actions, and events in my past that I regret. I got a lot of them. And when those thoughts pop into my head, and they do all the time, but I have taught myself to just shut that down immediately. Those regrets pop up and I'm, yes, I made a mistake and thank God I'm forgiven. And I'm moving on with my life. Every day brings new mercies and new opportunities. Don't live a life focused on your regrets. The dilemma with that is, is that bitterness and resentment can set in. A common feeling among older people is that I've been given a raw deal. And a lot of times that bitterness and resentments gets focused onto one person. You know, if I'd married a different person, if my children were more thoughtful, if my boss would have done right by me, and there just becomes, a, a, we get wrapped in self-pity that just binds us and keeps us from being productive in the later years of our life. Finally, the aged face many fears. Fears, the fear of heights and falling, the fear of running out of money, fear of ill health, fear of being left alone, the fear of losing one's mind, the fear of dying. There's dozens of fears. So after all his vain efforts at finding meaning in life, Solomon comes to realize the importance of listening and walking with God. Remember your creator. And he warns us that we want to do that before all this aging transpires. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. And so Solomon is speaking very poetically here. As time marches on, the sun, the light, the moon, the stars are darkened. This seems to be a picture of old age, mental dullness and depression. Have you noticed that older people tend to sit around in the dark? I, I used to think with my in-laws that they just didn't want to pay the electric bill for having lights on in the house. But we'd stop by the house and it was just dark in there. And they're sitting under one little light bulb working you know, their crossword puzzle. And, and I've noticed the same things happening to me. There are times when I go, whoa, man, I got to turn on some lights in here. You know, somehow the darkness just creeps up on you and, and you don't notice it. And then he says, and the clouds return after the rain. What a vivid picture. You know, often it's beautiful after a hard rain. You know, the Canadian wildfire ash gets washed out of the sky and uh, we get a clear crisp view of the fields and pastures and the sky just looks so clean and bright and blue and that's not what happens in Solomon's scene the, the rain ends but the blue sky does not appear on the contrary another heavy cloud comes in and then another and it's just a picture of unending gloom you know the cloudy weather represents the aging mind as it begins to get dull and senility steals so much joy out of living. Uh, one of the things that, that I fear about aging is losing my mental capacity. Uh, you know, there are two signs that you're starting to lose your memory. One is you can't remember people's names, okay? 
can't remember people's names. And the second sign is, you can't remember what the second sign is. Okay? Because the clouds are rolling in. Okay? Verse 3, Solomon uh, uses an allegory of a house to describe the aging process. And it's a house that's deteriorating with age. He says, when the keepers of the house tremble. And so our, our bodily house is built on two strong pillars. It's built on the legs. But in old age, those legs start to tremble. And, you know, I used to run and jump and leap like an antelope. And now I don't do anything quick. Okay? I'm, I, I had an old man tell me that when the legs go, you're a goner. And believe me, I get it. I get it. As Solomon says, and the strong men stoop. Well, these are the shoulders. You know, what used to be broad, strong shoulders that could carry the weight of the world. I had shoulders that people could lean on, that people could cry on, and now they're becoming stooped with age. Uh, you know, I see my reflection in a store window or even my shadow, and I think, Kelly, st straighten up, put your shoulders back. And I do it, and it hurts. <laughs> it says, when the grinders cease because they are few... And obviously here he's referring to our teeth. You know, the uppers don't meet the lowers anymore. It, it takes longer to eat because we've got to get our food lined up with the seven remaining teeth that we've got. <laughs> and as we get older, we don't chew gum anymore. We just gum our food. Okay? <laughs> Those looking through the windows are dim. Our vision is not as crisp as it used to be. Our lenses get thicker and thicker. Cataracts are a, a problem for the aging. You know, you look in the waiting room of the ophthalmologist office and it's people in their 60s and 70s with their windows growing dim. Solomon says we see our age in our legs, shoulders, teeth, and eyes. Uh, you know, kids uh, sing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. And uh, for me as an old guy, it's wallet, glasses, keys, and phone. Okay? <laughs> Verse 4. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, our hearing starts to go. We don't hear like we once did. Now, one of our most common expressions is, is what did you say? Say that again? You know, how many times do I miss out on the punchline of a joke and, and I don't want to be a wet blanket and make them repeat it all over again, so I just smile or laugh and move on. <laughs> You know, I watch TV with the closed captions on because I want to know for sure, what is Andy telling Barney? <laughs> you know, why is Haas so upset with little Joe? Okay? And then Solomon goes even farther. He says, when people rise up at the sound of birds. It's amazing how on the one hand, we find it hard to hear certain sounds, and yet on the other hand, we wake up at the sound of the birds. You know, the slightest noise will terminate our sleep. I used to be able to sleep through the sound of a locomotive driving by the window. And now all it takes is the peck, peck, peck of a woodpecker or chirp, chirp, chirp of a robin. And it terminates my sleep and I, and I can't get back to sleep. It says all their songs grow faint. And this may mean that we'll be unable to sing as we once could sing. You know, the old pipes that sang once loud and clear and in key, they're no longer in that condition. And the voice starts to crack and squeak. 
you know, I, I preached five times a weekend for years. I, I'd do three-day conferences, teach every session all day for three days. And now I wonder if I'm going to make it through this message and through the next one. Because my voice is weak. And you may wonder, is this really going to happen to me one day? The, the force of denial is strong, but Solomon's words will eventually happen to all of us. And the Bible's predictions and warnings are absolutely reliable. Like no other book, it tells us the truth and nothing but the truth ahead of time. Ahead of time. And so all the way through this aging process, the Bible implores us, remember God now. Because there's going to come a day when you will have to face the inescapable. It's the way God planned it, and you're not the exception, and so you just need to come to terms with reality now. In verse 5, the aging saga continues. It says, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. You know, a fear of heights is, is not uncommon for the aged. I used to climb up an extension ladder 20, 30 feet in the air to paint the side of a barn, and now I don't get on a step stool to change a light bulb. I call some young kid to come here. We change that bulb for me. I'm not getting up on that. You know, the awareness of danger seems to grow acute with, with age. Uh, you can't say goodbye to grandma without her listing six to eight kinds of dangers on the streets as you go home. And she can name every one of them for you. And Solomon's right on the mark. The older we get, the more overprotective we become because we're increasingly concerned with the dangers. That's when the almond tree blossoms. Almond tree blossoms are a beautiful silver color. And so he's talking about a gray hair here. And the grasshopper drags itself along. Grasshopper drags himself along. It takes longer to get where we're going. Okay? We're going to get there, but it will take longer. And desire is no longer stirred. Enough said. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. That's the end of the life process. Uh, Solomon said earlier in Ecclesiastes, he said this, he said, it is better to spend your time at funerals than at festivals. What an amazing statement. Would you rather go to a funeral or a festival? Solomon says, go to the funeral for you're going to die and it's a good thing to think about it while there is still time. Verse 6, Solomon returns to his opening command. He says, remember him. And then he makes reference to the organs of the body. Remember him before the silver cord is severed, the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. The silver cord is broken and, and the golden bowl is crushed. You know, I think he's making a reference there to the spinal cord and uh, the golden bowl is the head. And as we age, strokes can happen where we can no longer uh, move body parts anymore. The, the pitcher is shattered by the spring. That's heart failure as the whole circulatory system breaks down. The wheel at the well is broken. And what an eloquent, elegant and eloquent way to put it. But eloquent or not, it's reality that at some point our bodies die and the dust returns to the ground it came from. Ashes to ashes, dust 
to dust. From dust we came, to the dust we return. Now, if Solomon's journey stopped here, it would leave us with a very grim picture. If all we can look forward to is life with trembling legs and a fearful spirit, that's a bleak future. But there's more to it than this. He says, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Okay? The death of the body is not the end of life. The spirit lives on. And amazingly, the death of the body is not even the end of the body. That's what's amazing about the Christian faith. We have the hope of the resurrection. Our bodies will die, but Jesus Christ promises us that one day they will be resurrected. And then in verse 13, Solomon says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Don't be afraid of aging. Don't be afraid of growing old. No, fear God and keep his commandments. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. The book of Hebrews tells us that each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. And so how you live your life matters. When you're young, when you're old, and at all points in between. And so Solomon says that the conclusion of his search for meaning is, Fear God and keep his commandments. You don't have to fear growing old. God lays out for you what's going to happen. He's thought this out. And he's got a plan and a purpose in it. In all of it. From the beginning to the end. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 10, 28. He says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So to fear God, to be afraid of the one means remember your creator in the days of your youth. Act decisively on God's behalf. Now Solomon was very wise. And the apostle Paul was very smart. And you may not know this, but when the apostles would hang out together, they would call Paul smarty pants. Okay? And Peter would say to Paul, hey, Paul, do the smarty pants dance. Okay. I just made all that up to see if you're listening. Okay? Wanted to pull you back in here. But, but Paul, Paul was tremendously smart and knowledgeable, and even about the, the topic of aging. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, he says this. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. As we grow old and our bodies begin to fall apart, our spirits continue to grow and mature. Physically, we are winding down. Spiritually, we are being renewed. I've got a picture here. Uh, uh, this is my Aunt Wheezy. Uh, she's 91 and a half. She'll be 92 in November. Uh, she spent her 
life as an Iowa farmer's wife, raised a house full of great kids. She was a marvelous aunt. She's one of the sweetest people on the planet. Everybody ought to be blessed with an Aunt Wheezy in their life. And she now lives in an assisted living facility in Iowa. And one of my favorite things to do is to go visit my Aunt Wheezy. And every time I go to see her, she's just a little more frail. Uh, She's remarkably healthy, but each time you can see her failing. Uh, You know, but as her body winds down, her spirit has never been more alive. And her humility, her graciousness, her joy, her peace, her patience, her love, she asks tremendously deep questions about God and faith and the Bible. And I mean, she is, I, I love to be in her presence because she just exudes Christ. And she's a living example of the truth of this passage. As her body is dying, her spirit is being renewed. Paul says our present troubles are small and won't last very long. All the aches and pains of old age are small potatoes compared to what God has in store for us. And these these small troubles, these aches and pains, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. There you go, Rockbrook. There you go. Don't be afraid to go grow old. God, God's got this. He understands the process, and he's got a plan for it. And he'll see you through it, and he will see you beyond it. And so let's grow up, and let's grow old graciously together. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the wonderful plan that you have for our life, for every moment of it, every time, every season, every activity under heaven. God, we thank you for the promise that we have from you that we don't have to fear because you indeed are with us. So we'd pray that you'd help us to age graciously, to remember our creator, not just in the days of our youth, but in every day. Then we might act decisively on your behalf to trust you and to live life for you, recognizing that we have the hope of the resurrection. We have the hope of heaven and eternity with you. God, we thank you for that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.